This podcast is brought to you by Cashflow Mastery, the only revenue management course in our industry that teaches you step-by-step how to become a master revenue manager in your hosting business. For more info, check out getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. That's getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, I have one of my, one of my favorite guests, Mr. Steven Suarez. He's the founder of R Just Rentals out of Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. He's been on the show a couple of times, and he has his own podcast as well, Live, Let, Thrive. So always fun to have another fellow podcast host on the show. So Stephen, what's up, man? Good to see you. What's up, my brother? How you been, Jasper? I haven't talked to you since uh, probably a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we actually recorded a a, a podcast this week that we're going to be posting up on uh, both our podcasts. Uh, so that one will uh, come out next week or the week after. We still need to figure that out. But anyway, it will uh, it will be there. It was a good conversation. Um, and I'm doing good, man. Like the rain just stopped here in California. There was a little panic down here because uh, it was raining. And uh, I guess when you live somewhere where it doesn't rain a lot, then when it rains, it causes a lot of problems. There's like <laughs> floodings and mudslides and whatnot. You know, I, I come from a country where it rains every day. For, so, you know, for me, I look out of the window and I'm like, yeah, it rains and it's windy. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's like 80% of the time where I'm from. Right, right. Yeah, I, I used to go to Southern California a lot. And I remember one time it was like, it was like barely sprinkling or something. It wasn't even a lot. And it was all over the news. Every channel was talking about this little sprinkle of rain that's happening and stuff. I was like, what, what is this? So, you know, I'm from this area. We get uh storms thunderstorms a lot tornadoes all kinds of stuff all kinds of fun stuff over here so they don't get a lot of precipitation in southern california yeah which is one of the reasons why i like living here because i kind of like that sun in the morning (laughs) yeah the sun's good man we're gonna dive into it today i love chatting with you because like it's not like uh to me when we get together me and you it's not like an interview it's just like we're talking about like, like old friends talking about the the industry about what we're doing and stuff like that real quick i want to hear i want to this is my favorite story my favorite jasper story ever and it <laughs> doesn't even have anything to do with short-term rentals it's so funny because when you first hopped on our show many moons ago uh you told us the rum story the rum and coke story could you would you mind telling me that story again because i've told it to oh. so many people i know i've messed it up but I, it's so it's such a cool story yeah the, the that's from the philippines right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I got I got two Roman Coke stories, believe it or not. So I don't know which one you're I'm sure there's a lot referring of Roman to. Coke stories, but anyways, <laughs> uh, what, what, nah, more, it costs. You know, the the price was different. The more yeah, 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 yeah. I want that one. Yeah. So all right. So you know, I traveled in the Philippines a lot. Like it's an amazing country. I really feel like it's overlooked uh, by travelers. But you know, I <clears throat> I was on this island in pretty remote in the Philippines. It's an island called Siargao. So it's S-I-A-R-G-I-O, Siargao. And it, it's, you know, probably like if you talk to people in the States, like probably 0.01% of people have ever heard about this place, you know. Um, 
it's very remote, but it's cool. It's a very cool island, and there's it's so unknown that like you know you have the beach to yourself, but it's got the most beautiful like white sand beaches and and it's so it's so cheap out there, you know. Like it's it's crazy how how you know the cost of living can be so different in different places around the world. Like you know people there, like uh, you make a couple hundred dollars a, a month, and that's a lot there because everything is just literally so cheap, right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm sitting at a at a at a restaurant, right? And <clears throat> I'm looking at the menu and I'm thinking like what am I going to order? Right? And the drink options there's not a lot because, you know, it's it's remote. So everything has to be flown in, you know? Or every, or go, going on those like those little Filipino boats. Um I can't remember what they call it, call them, but uh they're very typical. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the menu and I see they have rum coke and rum coke's pretty much the only thing they have except for beer. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I don't really feel like beer. So I'm going to order a rum coke. And I look at the menu and I'm like, a, a single rum coke was like 60 pesos, which is about a dollar. Right. A double rum coke was 40 pesos. No, 50 pesos. So a little cheaper. And then a triple rum coke was 40 pesos, which is like $70 cents or something. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait. Someone put drugs in my drink. Am I? I didn't have anything to drink yet. Right? This is upside down. Like this guy made a mistake, right? And the owner of that restaurant was—he's an Italian dude. So, <clears throat> yeah, I went up to him and said, "Like, bro, uh, I want to order <laughs> from Coke, but you know what? Since you uh, flipped the prices, I, I guess I'll just order the triple then." You know? <laughs> and he's like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" Um, you know, flip the pricing. And I was like, dude, like, don't you look at the menu, man. Like the triple is the cheapest one. And he looks at me, he's like, yeah, that's the way it is. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense, bro. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, dude, you know what a bottle, a bottle of uh, local rum cost? Costs like a dollar. You know, those, the cans, the Coke, I have to import from the States. Like they're way more expensive. And I was just like, this is a weird world out here. <laughs> <laughs> a bizarro world, man. It's, it's, it's funny though, because over here, of course, a triple would cost you like twenty dollars for a triple something, right? And um, yeah, I, I love telling that story. I'm like, it's backwards because it's more expensive to get coke to that island than to make rum. And I think your other rum and coke story is you you're walking at some fair over there in Philippines and you ordered a rum and coke, and they gave you a whole bottle of rum and and a coke for like a dollar. <laughs> Oh man, it was so funny. Yeah, I was trying to explain like, okay, I want I want two glasses with you know a little bit of rum and then topped up with coke, right? And she just looks at me like, what What are you talking about? And, I'm just, <laughs> and, and people speak English down there. You know? That's cool. That's the one cool thing about the Philippines. Well, there's many cool things about the Philippines, but one of the cool things about the Philippines is people speak English. You can go to the remotest place. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what in Siargao, like, and this is it's gotten more popular now. So, <clears throat> you know. Uh, this is like 2009 or something or 2010. I, c I can't remember. I had people coming up to me that want to take pictures with me because saying like, you look like from the movies, you know what I mean? Like that's how remote it was. Like there, the, the, there was people literally like, I would go rent a motorbike and, you know, drive across the Island. And like, people would be really looking like, wow, like this, you know, this, this is like, uh, somebody who looks very different than us, you know, <laughs> um, that, that, yeah, that's how that's how remote it is, you know. So, um, but everybody speaks English. Like you can you can you can drive. I was driving through the jungle, and like there's people like living in little 
you know, little shats that they build and there's little, they have their own pigs, their own chickens, and they're pretty self-sustaining, I think. And I would stop and I would just chat to these people, you know, they, everybody speaks English. So that's what's cool about the Philippines. But anyway, like this lady was looking at me weird and I was like trying to explain it. And she's like, we, we don't do that. Like you, I have a can of Coke and I have a bottle of rum for you. And then, you know, and I'm like, well, how much is it? And, and it's like the bottle of rum, it was a half a bottle, you know? And she's like, uh, 60 pesos, you know, like $1. And I was like, really? Okay. Well, okay, I guess I'll just take the bottle. then. <laughs> Yeah, I walk up to my uh, to my buddy that was there, and I was like, "Hey, uh, we got to kill this, uh, <laughs> you know, this half bowl of rum because this is that's the smallest to have." <laughs> man, I bet you had fun over there. Oh man! Uh, so that, yeah, that, it was yeah, a good time. I, well, I wanted to talk about today. Well, I can give you like a little refresher on myself because back long time ago when I was on the show, I think I was around seventy properties. My management company, Argus Rentals, right? We're around seventy properties. With my, with my partner Federico and all that. And um, and then, you know, we got up to 100. It was like a big celebration moment, right? Got up to 100 properties under management. But along the way, we picked up a lot of properties we shouldn't have, that we shouldn't have managed, a lot of bad properties, stuff like that. So uh, we kind of dropped down. We kept the good ones, got rid of the bad ones, got rid of the bad clients, and then we, we hovered around 50 properties. I'm still around 50 properties right now, but they're good properties, right? So, so tending to the garden. Got back around 50 properties. Um, and then last August, um, me and my partner uh, in the business, Federico, we kind of went our separate ways. So, uh, and I, I'll touch on the You mean you, mean you kicked him out? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, it was um, breakups are hard, man. I mean, and, and, and I want to touch on that a little bit. Breakups are hard. If you're going to go into something with a partnership, you have a partner and that's great. Um, and you could probably give me a lot of advice on, on successful partnerships, but any kind of partnership in life, everybody on this show, you know, had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, been married, whatever it is, business partnership. And, and you know, it, it's hard if you don't really, you know, lay out the terms ahead of time about, you know, especially in business so about who's going to do what, uh, who's going to be in charge, who's going to have final say, you know, and actually write it out. And that's, that's what I've, I'm not looking to get into another partnership anytime soon because, you know, especially with friends, with a friend, you know, because that that <clears throat> that's the part that hurts the most when, when something goes awry and then you, your friendship kind of takes a ding as well, you know, because, you know, we got feelings. We're human beings. And so anyway, so around August last year, we went our separate ways. I kept our just, you know, Fed has started his own company. It's great. He's doing great. I'm happy for him. And, um, I, I was in, um, man, I was in, um, what's it called? Uh, tra transition mode, but like, uh, trying to, trying to keep the business afloat. Cause it was, it wasn't in the best shape and uh, which caused a lot of the conflict too. And, um, so I had to dig in on, on the business and, and really, really, um, go over every single expense every every single app we had we were doing this and that so i i, I was just i was just um cl cleaning house man i was anything that that we didn't need a hundred thousand percent was gone you know i had i wanted to simplify the business and, and get strip it down to its core right and, and then after i got all the apps cleared that we didn't need and what could we do what could what could we do with you know just just you know elbow grease you know our own uh, uh, everybody hands on deck trying to trying to keep this thing afloat. Uh, I also started the the renegotiating 
unfortunately, I had to go in and, and talk to the team and say, you know, the salaries are here and they need to be here. And, and uh, a way I did that, if you don't excuse me, keep, keep if I keep talking, but the, the way I did that as well um, is I, I talked to the, the our team leader, which speaking of Philippines, a lot of our um, VAs are in the Philippines. And we had around six or seven employees at the time. And I said, listen, you know, I know we're paying out. We're doing the way this thing was built before was, you know, we, we managed it ourselves, the, the, the leaders of the company. And we hired a bunch of different um, VAs. Uh, but here's, here's how I want to structure it. And I talked to my lead. Her name's Princess. Shout out to Princess. I said, um, I, want, I want to pay one person. I want, I want to pay you. You're going to be the lead. And you're going to form the team. You can keep who you want to keep from the Philippines. You know all the employees already. Or, or you can form your own. You know, you can form your own team. Um, and, but you're going to, I, want to, I want to talk to one person. I, I, want, to reach, I want you to, to run the team and, and um, run it the way you see we should run it. Of course, I'm going to have my input and stuff. But I want to deal with one person. I don't want to, I don't want to manage every single six or seven people. You know? And so, so I, I, I transformed the company in that sense. So, so I was just dealing with, with Princess. And um, another, another benefit of doing that, when, when you're paying out all these um, different VAs, especially like in the Philippines or other countries, right? When you're building your short-term rental business, management business or whatever you got going on, any business, um, it's a lot of different, um, you know, sending a lot of different, um, uh, what's it called? Sending the money overseas you know it gets they, they take a chunk the company you're using takes a chunk the the trend the the rate that the exchange rate takes a hit of it so if i'm sending it to one person they can afford to pay people over there using their kind of zelle that they got you know what i'm saying so i can they can, i can get just send one chunk of money and i could bring my um um expenses down as far as salaries down but she could actually build a team for the same amount of money. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. And and so, I, I I cut expenses. I got rid of a lot of the fat in the company because when you start growing a company really big, you know, it gets really you get a lot of stuff you don't need. And then um, I renegotiated salaries. And um, while doing that, I also bumped up the the bonus structure because I'm, it sucks to take away something from people. But hey, if you hit these marks, you're going to get bonuses so you could actually make more. So I was in um, survival mode for, for a few months. I had to really dig in and, 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 um, and learn my company because, you know, when you get two partners into something, a lot of it gets, okay, this partner's going to do this. And, and I went and focused on uh, corporate, but I had to dive back into the short-term side. And so I um, had to cut expenses, dive into my company, learn my company learn pricing, learn all the basic stuff, right? That was just um, someone else was doing. And um, so it was a rough few months, but and it happened right at slow season, which, which made it uh, even more fun. But, I, you know, luckily, with the help of my team, I was able to steer the ship and, and, um, and get it back on track. So that was a lot I just dumped on you. But, um, yeah, so partnerships, breakups, uh, saving a business and and then getting it to um, profitability again. That was a, uh, mm-hmm. it was it was stressful, dude. So um, I know I know we, a lot of heavy hitters come on this show and and my show too and talk about uh, how awesome they're doing and hunky dory. But man, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of um, tough uh, tough stuff you got to deal with in business. 
Dude, hundred percent, man. <clears throat> and this this is what we talked about uh, on on the other episode that we did for for your show, right? Well, it's like uh, you know when you go on Instagram and you see the ads, like it sounds like it's really easy, right? You get a couple Airbnbs, and before you know it, you have a Ferrari, and you, you're making a million dollars, and this and that. But the reality is, uh, it's yeah, it's 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 a hard business, right? Any business is hard, you know. Otherwise, like every everyone would start their own business, right? Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot that you said that I, I recognize. And, <clears throat> you know, one thing, one thing that comes to mind is I remember we, we did our first mastermind in 2019 in Puerto Rico. This is when Eric and I started working together. <laughs> and on the topic of partnership, I remember when we, when we decided to partner, I, I remember he was saying like, all right, well, congrats, you're, you know, you're married now, you know? And, yeah. and it's funny cause I was, I thought he was joking, but like now I'm actually married and now I, I understand why he said that because to your point, right? When you're business partners, man, like you know, it's almost it's almost like a marriage, right? You have to you have to be really really clear and like there's emotions and like there's expectations and there's all this stuff and you have to manage it, right? Um, but anyway, we were down there in Puerto Rico for a very first mastermind, um, and you know, back then, like the market was so good, everything was just like. Everyone's focused on like, just bring on more properties. How do we get more properties? We need more properties, right? And a lot of the properties came from word of mouth at the time, right? No one, most people didn't really have like a, a, a sophisticated like marketing uh, strategy and marketing channel set up uh, to attract new business. It was more like, you know, it was just coming to them, right? And no one was focused on like, well, are we actually like onboarding the right properties? Like, are these these clients that we onboard? Are they people that we want to work with? Are, are they aligned with like our culture, the brand that we're building, like all that stuff? People were just like, just give me more, just give me more, right? And then when COVID hit, <clears throat> you know, we started doing the virtual masterminds, and after after a couple months or so, what we realized is <clears throat> we everyone started talking about we need to in order to scale up, we need to scale back first, because in those good years, like the, a lot of Properties were onboarded that shouldn't have been onboarded. A lot of, to your point as well. Like when the money is flowing, you, you're not focused on expenses, right? So you're like, oh yeah, let's get this tool and let's get that tool and this looks fancy. Let's get that and you know, let's get some hire some more people and you know, let's let's raise this, the salaries and it's, it's all good, right? When the money's flowing, but then when you know the the downturn hits, suddenly it's a different story, right? So that's that's a term that I'll never forget. Is like. You need to sometimes you need to scale down a little bit before you scale up before you can scale up, right? Sounds like that that skating downside is 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 where what you went through. And I'll tell you one more thing, and then I'll pass the mic to you again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, you you know our 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 Legends X course, like is it, it's a course that was designed for to help people scale, right? Uh, but the first thing that we go into is vision is actually getting very clear on like what's your brand what kind of culture do you want to build what kind of people do you want to work with what kind of properties what kind of guests like all those hard questions that when the times are good you can you can kind of skip over it because you just toss anything on airbnb and makes money but when we get when we take students through that first module the vision module the first thing they end up doing after they go through that is actually like offboard a number of properties it's or they offboard a few clients, like they get rid of the bad apples, so to speak, right? And I always find that funny because they come into the course and they're excited. They're like, "All right, where's tell? Give me the marketing strategy, you know? Give me tell, tell me how to grow my portfolio." And then they go through the vision module and they're like, "All right, I got to get rid of like a few of these 
you know, clients or if you view these properties. So they always end up, it's so funny, like almost 90% of the students that join that course, <clears throat> they, they get rid of the bad apples first. Right. Mm. All right. That, that makes sense. Mike, makes back sense. to you. <laughs> um, I, one thing I will say to that, and, and um, <laughs> once I was able to, you know, take over the company a hundred percent and um, I, it was it was at a it was at a tough spot as, as far as I couldn't just start dumping properties and dumping clients. You know, I kind of I needed that cash flow just to stay afloat, just to pay off the bills, you know. And so I, I was initially holding on to clients I, I shouldn't have held on to. You know, and I was making profit, but it was a lot of headaches and I, I was holding on to properties I shouldn't have held on to. But because they were profiting, but I like I can't cut them off now. I need that cash flow. Because I'm paying off this, and and you know, I was left with with a lot of debt, and and I was paying it off, and I was just in a in a in a weird spot, man. It's like a catch twenty two, damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so, as as the company stabilized, and and I used I, I mean I used any tool to my disposal. For, this, this is what I did first. I went in there and, and uh, went to every site I could imagine and tried. You know, this is the the benefit of. Of putting your company in your LLC, of course, you know that's that's rule number one. Put your company in an LLC, and then get all your credit uh, from your LLC. Put all your leases, master leases, uh, arbitrages, if you have any. Put those in LLCs. Put all your contracts with your people, your clients that you're doing business with, and L- everything inside an LLC or several LLCs. However, you want to structure your business, but don't use your own stuff. And so what this what this helped me do, I went in there and I, and I used, the, you know, I had good credit with the LLC. I used it to, to get as many lines of credit as possible. Right. Because my, this is what I had to do to kind of restructure things. I had to I got as many lines of credit, access to credit, uh, um, whatever, you know, business credit cards, um, anything I, c- I could do to, to help stay the company. I didn't use them all. I, I like to have them at my disposal just in case, let's say a big opportunity came up and I was able to, to get in on something that I knew was going to be very profitable. I could do that. And, and um, but anyways, that being said, I, I did all this first and then I went to um, negotiate some of the existing debts that were really, really weighing on the company. Uh, I guess I don't know if a lot of gurus talk about that, but you can go in there. You could talk to these credit card companies and say, listen, there's no way I can pay this. Uh, I'm making this. This is, you know, I'm in a tough spot here. What can you do to help me? They're going to resist, resist, resist. And then finally, you're going to get a hold of somebody that can help. That could either lower your interest rate because interest rates, too, because interest rates have been going up like crazy. People just talk about buying houses and it went, oh, it went up from 3% to 8%. Yes, but credit cards went up from... (laughs) 19% 19% to 30%, you know, for having the money. If you have a lot of debt on a credit card, you're, you're just getting, you're in a bad spot. So you can negotiate with these credit card companies to bring the rates down. And if they push comes to shove, there's companies that will kind of be a, a mediator with you and, and come up with a solution and then bring your rate down to 0%. That's very much a possibility. Like I said, my personal credit is still around 700, good credit score. All this stuff that I did to restructure my business, restructure the debt, all this stuff didn't affect my personal credit at all. So that's the power of putting your company into an LLC um, and putting everything into LLC. Because let's just say, I mean, you have to, heaven forbid, it didn't happen that hadn't happened to us, but you need to walk away from some leases, right? If some arbitrages. Okay, you know, they they can, um, I guess, go after your LLC. They can't go after you personally. Uh, let's say you, you have a, a falling out with a client. 
like I said, you you were dealing with my LLC. You weren't dealing with me personally. So your your own assets are protected, and then um and you could you can do some maneuvers with your business that you really couldn't do personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice, man. <clears throat> that's good advice, and it sounds like you you went for through a tough uh, stretch, you know. So uh, how did you uh, how did you handle? Because I know you have kids, and like you know, like how did you handle that emotionally, like? How do you how do you stay sane when you go for something like that? You notice you told me on the last show I have a lot more grays, and and I do, man. <laughs> it was it was very stressful. It was very stressful. It was probably the lowest point uh, I, I've been through in a in a long time. Um, but but as they say, sweet are the uses of adversity. I was able to. Um, that's a Shakespeare. I threw some Shakespeare at you. Uh, <laughs> but but um, you know, I guess. You know, all those cliches, you know, going through the, the fire, you know, forges iron, all that stuff. But but it's true, man. And and I always knew I, I'm, I'm good at I'm good at um, figuring things out. And I always had that in mind. I said, and of course, that crossed my mind. Let, let me just scrap the whole company. Screw it. It's not worth it. It's not worth this headache. You know, I still had I still had my day job, you know, even though I was going less and less. I gave away most of my shifts, but I still had that to fall back on, which it made it a little less stressful. Right. Um, and so I just had, I just, I was at the point, yes, it was very stressful. I had the wife, you know, have the wife and kids. Um, but I knew, I knew there was this business on paper is very profitable. You know, there was a lot of debts weighing it down, a lot of expenses, but I was like, it's making a lot of money. A lot of it's spoken for already, but I know if I, if I just rearrange things, restructure things, I can, uh, that profitability is there. Even even if I have to go talk to an outside source and say, "Hey, here's here's my here's my books. This thing's making let's just say twenty thousand dollars a month, right? It, it, it's making twenty thousand dollars a month in profit or whatever that number is around there. Um, but I need to pay these debts off, or I need to I need to do this and do that. Um, do you want to invest in my company? That was another that was another um, option for me because. Um, I could sell a chunk of my company. Someone's going to mm-hmm. make profit from it, you know, kind of like uh, kind of like stocks in a way, right? Sell a chunk of my company, stay afloat, use that cash infusion to pay off some stuff and then pay salaries and and just there's always a way. So so it it, it was very stressful, yes, and, and more stressful so with the family and all this. And uh, there was a lot of other stuff going on too. Uh, uh one of my long-term rentals uh Rent, rental properties uh the people that left they just totally destroyed the house so i was going through that i was going through a lot of stuff man i don't want to cuss but um but i was able to pull out of it and the company is at a very strong point now because i was able to to do a lot of things to to maneuver to get it to a strong point and um morale is is way up at the company and um and we could talk about uh, you know the kind of like my management philosophy, you know, I'm learning a lot of this on the fly, but, um, I like to let my employees, uh, you know, figure things out. And I like, I don't, I don't, I don't sit there and micromanage my employees, but I, I do look at everything. And one thing I do still, I do have hands on is, is the pricing. Every morning I go in there and I look at the multi calendars and I see all the properties and, and I, and I might tweak the pricing a little bit this way and that, even though I run everything through, um, price labs, and hospitable um those are my you know <laughs> tech stack but but 
even though I have the the pricing in place, and plus I do pricing rule sets inside of Airbnb, so I, I've I've um, learned from some fellow uh, gurus in the industry how to do the pricing. Even though I do that, I still like to go in there and tweak it in the mornings. Plus, it gives me a whole visual. That multi calendar gives me a whole visual of the company, and and so I'll I'll tell the team, hey, you know, these two properties, what's going on here? Maybe you should do some things to get the the bookings up. Or, you know, so I can give direction. So I, I do do that every single morning just so I have my eyes on the company. And so, yeah, just that. Right on, man. Right on. <clears throat> you know, and I'll, I'll say one more blessing in disguise from this whole thing that you went through is uh, those gray hairs looks, look pretty good on you, man. Distinguished, man. Distinguished. <laughs> <laughs> makes, you look, makes you look very wise. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, if you're paying, if you have VAs, wise is a, <clears throat> a good... Um, platform to use to send international uh, transfers uh, that will save you that you know because i think like international bank transfers in the states are pretty expensive mm-hmm. you know it's like 40 dollars or something to wire some money uh, you know outside of the country we um, were using so, wise we were using wise and then we switched to deal d-e-e-l they 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 suggested oh. that one and it's a bit cheaper than wise so oh okay There's different ones d-e-e-l you said deal yeah d-e-e-l mm-hmm. awesome and by the way, on the topic of virtual assistants, uh, we just did a call in our mastermind a couple of weeks ago. And what I recognized is, <clears throat> you know, there was there was how important it is to make your VAs feel like they're part of the team and, you know, uh, sh- show them appreciation for when they're doing well. Um, because, you know, they're out there in the Philippines, like they're literally on an island and, and they feel oftentimes they feel a little disconnected from from the business. Um, and we have one one person in our, our mastermind who should, I should bring him a podcast, but he he was just like he he literally did like a little a little speech for like five minutes where he was telling us how he was managing the, his virtual assistants. And I was like, wow, this is really really good. And one of the things that he did was <clears throat> he actually went to the Philippines. He actually like went and met his VAs, took them out for you know took them out, rented out this like couple rooms in a resort for the weekend, took them out, you know, had dinner with them. And I was like, yeah, it's such a good idea. And it, it um, we have a lot of people in our mass who are saying like, oh, we'd love to do that, but, you know, never been to the Philippines, like, you know, feel kind of uncomfortable traveling there. So I was like, you know what? Like, I've been there like 15 times. I know the best spots. I was like, you know what I'm going to do at some point? I'm going to organize a trip to the Philippines for short-term rental operators who have VAs. And um, we'll go for two weeks. First week, you go meet your VAs. You go hang out with them, build that relationship. Get to know them, and then we'll and then I'll book a I'll book out like a hotel on the beach somewhere, and we'll just spend one week on the beach, chilling, talking business, having a good time. What What do you think about that? No, that's a great idea. That's so cool. I would love to go meet my Philippines in person and, and do something like that, man. I, I, I the morale of it, you know, just to meet them would be so cool. I've heard people. I might have heard of on your talk on your on your um, podcast about about meeting their Philippines and hanging out with them, and and I think that's the that's the coolest thing. It, it makes them feel special. They they do want to. I'll say this, you know, from my experience, um, Filipino VAs uh, are amazing workers. They are they are a bit sensitive. I've learned that the hard way. They don't like that strong American talk thrown at them. They get they they go into a shell. From my experience, you know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not how they do business, and they take things really really personally to heart. So you do you you got to watch how you how you speak to them, and like you said, praise them. They love the praise. They love to use emojis. It's like a big thing of that. 
<laughs> and so <laughs> we had a client, a client that we're no longer, um, we don't, we, we kind of no, no longer do business with. Uh, they're like, what's up with these? Because they're in one of the message groups. What's up with these, all these emojis that these, these workers are doing and this and that. I was like, that's just how they, how they communicate. It's nothing, you know, that's not very professional, whatever. But, but um, yeah, so, so I, I love, I love our workers, um, our VAs. Um, I couldn't do it without them. And, and here's here's a here's a thing too. Going back to like you said, when when things were like we're going crazy and everybody's making money hand over fist in this industry, trying to grab as many properties, paying whatever because the Philippines for uh, the Filipino VAs for a minute, they were like the the most uh, you know the prettiest girl at the ball. You know they they like they could name their price. It, it went from like we were, we could get them for like three or four bucks an hour to all of a sudden they want like twelve bucks an hour, fifteen bucks an hour. Someone wanted twenty bucks. I was like. I mean, wow, they were in so high demand. I guess the secret was out on these, you know, the Filipino VAs. And then and then all of a sudden the the whole um, Airbnb, Airbnb bust or whatever they call it happened. And so many of them lost their jobs, man. So many of them. And they were back to, okay, we'll take we'll take three or four dollars or five dollars an hour again. You know, so it, it is ebbs and everything ebbs and flows. Right. When the when the things everything's going up and everybody's making money. They expect more money in the salaries, but but conversely, when things start going down and and, you, and you're saying, hey, you know, you gotta you gotta save the company. I'm sorry, we gotta we gotta figure this out. What can we do? You know, and that that's that's what I was saying. The, the pay structure I, I did with with my lead VA, uh, I said, here's 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 how much I can pay, and I know you can make this money go farther by paying a team over there instead of me paying a whole bunch of different people. So. In other words, you can still make around the same amount of money. I just can't afford to be paying this much in salaries. I have to bring it down. And so, I mean, you have to you have to learn this in business. It's the hardest thing in business I think of is the art of renegotiating. Everybody knows, you know, learns and reads these books how to negotiate and get the deal and all this stuff. But when the stuff goes south and you're not making any money and you're losing money left and right, you have to renegotiate everything. And and so there's, they need to write a book, The Art of Renegotiating. I have, I've looked for it. I haven't seen <laughs> one yet. Yeah. There's one, uh, there's one book that I read. Well, I didn't read it. I, I listened to the audio book, but it's called uh, Crucial. I think it's called Crucial Conversations. And they, all they talk about is how do you manage a difficult conversation? How do you manage a difficult conversation to, <clears throat> to where the other person is not going to uh, get on their heels? and you 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 lead the conversation in an, in a non-emotional way. Uh, it's a very interesting book. If you, if you if you have a lot of if you need to have a lot of conversations that are difficult, I highly recommend listen listening to that book. Hmm. And in business, like there's always uncomfortable conversations to be had, right? Because to your point, like w- when you have to take something away, like it's always great to give people more, but once they're used to it and then if you have to give take something away whether that's like you know salary or like amount of hours that they're working or like whatever benefit it is taking something away is that's that's hard Mm, yeah it is and and but i mean as long as you're honest and truthful because i mean i came from a point uh, a point uh, a view it's like I, i sat down had those tough conversations right i'm like listen this business won't can't continue if if we're still doing it this way you know, and, and, and we're, we have to pay this much in salary. And then here, here's what we got to do to save the business. Because if we don't do these things we need to do, it's just going to fail. And I'm just going to close the business down and everybody's going to lose their jobs. I don't want that. I want I want I want mm-hmm. 
you know, and understand this is going to be some tough times ahead. Salaries might go down a little bit. And not only that, but I expect y'all to do more work than you were doing. I expect more shifts to be covered. I expect more tasks to be done. And it's it's a weird thing, man, because you're asking for, you know, every all hands on deck. I said, I'm in, I'm going to jump into this business, too. I'm going to work, you know, 100 hours a week as well to save this thing. But everybody else has to bring up what they were doing before and double that. And then I'm going to have to bring down the salaries. But I, I, you got to let them know this ain't forever. Once we get back to a stable place of, of, of good profitability, I'm going to gradually bring mm-hmm. I can gradually afford to bring those back up. But if we don't do something now and restructure and redo the, you know, the pay, the pay structure and stuff, it's just going to fail. And, and, and they understand that because a lot of them came from failing uh, short-term rental companies. I mean, so many short-term rental <laughs> companies failed, not just the small ones, not just the mid-level like us, but the big dogs. I mean, so many of the big dogs failed as well. So a lot of these, uh, even Airbnb laid off a crap load of uh, uh, Filipino VAs. But but um, it's not just a small middle, middle. Everybody was laying them off. So they understood. And I said, listen, if you all fight for me and fight for the company, I'm going to fight for you guys. I'm going to keep your jobs. I'm going to keep you getting paid. And then we're going to we're going to revisit this in a few months when everything gets stabilized again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of a lot of good learning lessons uh, in, in that phase that you went through. So I appreciate you. Yeah. You know, like opening up and, and sharing all that. Oh yeah, man. It's been, um, it's been weighing on me for a while and, and, you know, I don't get to bring it up too much on my podcast. I, I, I you know, cause I'm doing interviews like you are interviewing, you know, heavy hitters, big hitters, uh, big people in the industry. Um, but it is, it is, um, it's important and people, and people will find that out once they start their own business, it, the challenges involved. Um, but if you follow people like, like Jasper, and get into Jasper's mastermind or follow people like live, let thrive my, my, mine. And, um, there's a lot of help out there, man. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to talk to people about what's going on. There's a lot of people that have great, you know, they've been through it and they can help you. So, mm-hmm. so reach out. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, on that, on that topic, I guess we're wrapping up this podcast. Like, um, where, where can people go to listen to your podcast? Uh, people that are in Texas that want to connect with you, talk about, you know, potential clients maybe, or, you know, just people want to connect with you on business. Like what's, what's the best place to find you? All right. You can go to live, let thrive.com behind me. It's behind me on a poster. L I V E L E T thrive.com. Uh, that's the podcast. And if you got a compelling story, we'd love to have you as a guest on the show. Um, of course, go on there and hit that button and become a guest. Um, also Argus rentals, A R G E S T rentals Argus is the largest. So ArgusRentals.com is where you find my company. Um, both of those, you can, you can go from there and find me, you know, uh, and send out an email, send out a, you know, hit up the phone line, the business phone line, and you can talk to me. And, and I love talking to people, connecting with people, helping people out. Cause it always comes back. It comes back to you. Right. Right. Jasper. That's why right. it's karma, bro. Karma. <laughs> I, we had somebody <clears throat> sign up a while <clears throat> ago for one of our programs. Who was like, "Yeah, I listened to your podcast for so long. You really helped me so much. Like, and you know, I just figured I'd support you. Sign up for your course. Mm. Karma comes back. Uh, nice website. Are just rentals. Dot com. Nice Boostly website. Shout out to uh, Mr. Mark Simpson of uh, of Boostly. 
Um, he's awesome. One of the most awesome people in space. So I was like to give him a shout out and your website looks great, man. So artistrentals.com, check it out. Check out what Steven's up to. Uh, if you want to be on his podcast or you want to connect with him, it's let live thrive. Live, let thrive. Live. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's early. It's six six fifty eight AM. All right. Where are you at? Oh, my, in oh, my you're defense. California. That's right. You're in California. Yeah, early early bird catch the worm. Yeah, yeah and get one up more five thing in on the tough morning. Conversations. Um, do like Jasper and get a get a bottle of rum. It helps with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go to the Philippines and you can buy one for one dollar, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. It was great to see you. Uh Thank you so much for, for jumping on the show. I'm sure we'll have you back. And to the listeners, hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation here. Uh, reach out to Steven. He's, uh, he's an awesome dude. And uh, we'll see you soon. We'll be posting up uh, our <clears throat> another conversation that we had uh, uh, on the Steven's podcast. We'll post that up uh, as one of the next episodes. So you, you'll hear more from Steven soon. Where I grilled you on that podcast. So that was even that was. <laughs> That was even better. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Stephen. Appreciate it, man. See you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. I have a question for you. Do you have a solid revenue management strategy in place to maximize the revenue for your listings? Is revenue management part of your daily routine? If not, then you're leaving money on the table. The days that we can ignore revenue management in our hosting business and still do well are over, my friends, and they won't come back. So if you either don't use dynamic pricing and manually enter prices on the OTAs, or you have a pricing tool set up, but you're not sure how to use it correctly, then the cash flow mastery is for you. In this brand new course, I teach you step-by-step how to set up your pricing tool, create a winning revenue management strategy, and give you a daily, weekly, and monthly workflow to evaluate your portfolio performance and make strategic price adjustments. I walk you through how we set up our revenue management for FreeWild, from setting up your base price, to minimize stays, length of stay discounts, adjacent day pricing, orphan night pricing, and much more. On top of that, you'll get access to countless of calculators and tracking sheets that will give you the insights you need to make the right pricing decisions. The course comes with a Facebook group where you can ask questions every day and monthly live Zoom calls to help you stay on track. Do you want to manage your revenue and master your cash flow? Then sign up now at getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. That is getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery.